The Christmas and holiday season are often portrayed as a time of joy, warmth, and togetherness. However, for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one or experiencing a major life change or hardship, this season may be anything but that. So how do we navigate this time of year with all of the festivities and the traditions and the expectations when a lot of our hearts are heavy with sorrow? On this episode, Rebecca and I are going to share some of our personal experiences with navigating grief during the holidays. We'll also share some ways that you can help someone in your life that is grieving during this time of year and ways to honor the memory of your loved ones during the holiday season. Whether you are personally navigating grief or supporting someone who is, we hope this episode provides some encouragement and most of all, hope. Welcome to Beyond the Moment. Hi friends, I'm Rebecca Lindhout. And I'm Amanda Martinson, and we are so glad that you are here with us for another episode of Beyond the Moment. We are approaching the end of 2023. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know for some of, like for some, it's probably like, wow, that, and it was, it was a fast year for me, but, and it's so funny because then some people will be like, oh my gosh, hallelujah. Thank goodness. We're ready for 2024 to just roll on in here. Oh yeah. My mom was talking to a friend. Uh, she was, she was riding with me to, to the office so she could carry the car back home. And, um, she was talking to a friend who, who had had surgery recently. And he said, now if I'm down on the floor, uh, what, and I can't get back up, what am I going to do? And my mama said, you just roll and roll. <laughs> Until you get something to pull up on. And I feel like that's the end of the year this year. It's like, I'm just going to roll and roll to the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> we just going to, we just going to keep rolling. We just going to keep on rolling. <laughs> that's right. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> and I want you to think like, it's like a sausage roll, not a wheel. <laughs> it's like, huh. and like the kid going down the hill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. All the way down. <laughs> It makes me think of this meme. I don't know if you've seen it where it was like, you know, for as much as they had us practice stop, drop and roll in elementary school, I haven't had to stop, drop and roll as much as I, nearly as much as I thought I would. <laughs> as much as you wanted to. As much One as day I, in life. I've never had to touch a hot doorknob. Man. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's just good life advice. Just, man, just keep it rolling. Just <laughs> roll any way you can. <laughs> Forward roll. roll, backwards roll. Roll any Sausage way you can. Roll. Pull yourself up, keep it going. You're not my favorite cinnamon roll. Yeah. Cinnamon roll it right to Christmas. Well, you talk about us the the sausage just a minute ago. I was like, ooh, that's one of my favorite things about Christmas is the sausage balls. <laughs> you can tell we're recording this close to lunch. Yes, ma'am. Food's on the brain. Uh, well, we are so, so glad to be back with you guys. And um, I know we're, we've got a couple episodes here left um, as we wrap up for the year and we will say goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024. Um, and it's, it's amazing really how quickly the year has gone. And um, we just appreciate you guys listening and hanging in there with us. And um, we just always enjoy our time together. And so um, we thought we have, we've, you know, we've done a lot of topics through the years and we've done some Advent uh, studies and times of focus and things. And so as we were planning out the end of the year, one thing that we have not really talked a lot about on the podcast that we thought was really important to talk, to talk about, and especially this time of year 
is um, is the element of of grief, which can be present at the holiday times and, and especially at Christmas and all of that. And so we are going to talk about that today. And so today's episode will probably, uh, you won't be able to tell from the first few minutes that we were just talking about sausage rolls and sausage rolls. <laughs> But this may be a little bit more of a heavier topic than what we typically cover. Um, but uh, I, th- I think it's an important topic for us to share. And both of us just are, we'll share some, you know, experiences and things, but just, you know, how how can we be a light to people that are grieving during the holiday season? How can we ourselves, if we are the grievers, um, how do we navigate this season? And then, like you were saying earlier before we recorded, what about the you know the caregivers? If you're a caregiver to someone mm-hmm. during this season and it is hard and there's a lot of hardship and struggle, what does it look like to rejoice and to praise and to be expectant of the season that is ahead when you are navigating? some heartbreak and some struggle and some hardship. And so um, we're going to, we're you know, we're just going to talk about that today, uh, I think in a very open uh, format and just kind of see how, you know, how can, if you are the one who is grieving, how do you navigate this? If you are a friend to the griever or you have someone in your church family who is grieving or, um, or a family member who you are just maybe unsure of how to how to help, how to encourage them during this time. Um, that's what I hope today's episode will be um, will be for you. And how do we how do we look at um, good grief? You know, like what can can grief be good, and what does it look like to navigate that during uh, during this season? So we've got some some practical tips of of some things to to do and to share. Um, but I think you know, first and foremost, it's just acknowledging that for a lot of people, this time of year is a hard time. Um, you know, we throw up twinkle lights and there's all these fun things to do. And, and there is a busyness to this season that can be hard. I think when you're grieving, because you are so busy that sometimes it's hard to stop and to take a moment and to pause and to process and to breathe. And, um, so I I think that it's that maybe that's kind of where we start is like, you know, how, how do we process going into such a busy time um, as, as people who are grieving and or supporting people who are grieving, you know? Yeah. And for the, for the grieving themselves, um, which most of us have been at some point in our lives, mm-hmm. how do we make the seasons more than checks and boxes? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do we, how do we regain some of the joy of the season? Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I was talking to you about that before we even sat down to record about, um, you know, this, this will be my, my fourth Christmas, um, since we've lost my mom. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, we lost my mom and both of my um, paternal grandparents within 18 months of each other, sort of all back to back. And so tradition and the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and new year's and all the things, it completely changed everything. And Mm. I, you know, a lot of, a lot of well-meaning people. And I've even said it myself um, in terms of saying, you know, the, the first are the hardest, right? If you can get through the first of something, um, those are often the hardest. And there's an element of truth to that for sure. Um, Like I said, I mean, I've said that myself before, because I think there's a a piece of you that knows that everything is different, right? That it's um, that traditions as you knew them were different, 
plans as you knew were different. And, and, and of course you have the element of, of your person or your people, right? I mean, some, some, some listening will have lost multiple people. Mm. Your people are not here. And here we are at this time of year when we're supposed to be feeling all of these like joyful, wonderful feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I mentioned to you, you know, about that before we were started recording in, in terms of like, I still greatly struggle. I'm for, this will be the fourth, you know, Christmas season in. And I still greatly struggle with that of feeling like, you know, <laughs> this is not how this is supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, or just um, trying to navigate carrying on traditions and things like that, that were of great importance to us as a family. And how does that look now, uh, especially with my own children and all of that. And, and I think a lot of times that's what, you know, that's what happens with a lot of us. And um, like I said, it it may not be a immediate family member you've lost. Maybe it's a, fr- a dear friend. Maybe it is someone um, just that you were extremely close to. Um, uh, you know, it, it's hard when all of a sudden everything is different from how you originally knew it. Um, you know, I have, I shared, I wrote an article on this for our recent Tar Heel Talk magazine, but I, I wrote in there and it, it kind of, there's a part of grief that you have to be almost humor. You have to have a sense of humor about in some ways, because honestly, sometimes it's just what gets you through. Um, but my, after my mom died, my dad put out all of her Christmas decorations and I kind of went through and, you know, kind of got what I wanted first. And then we opened it up to whoever else in the family wanted to come and, you know, take any of her Christmas decorations. Cause let me tell you, there's one thing that my mama was all about and that was some Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember her, I mean, she decorated my bathroom. I mean, I'm talking bath rugs were, were Christmas shower curtain, Christmas, everything. And I remember like, mom, even when I was older, I was like, mom, we don't have to do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm older. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have to, you don't, don't feel like you have to extend the same amount of passion in the decorating as you used to. And um, she was like, no, that's just part of the fun. And I think it's funny because if you walk in my girl's bathroom right now, what is, what's there? A Christmas shower curtain and Christmas decoration. Oh, yeah. And, and part of that is kind of my nod to her in like, well, one, how, how I made fun of her about it for years um, and how we do become like our parents, you know? <laughs> Let me tell you, Betsy, (laughs) we, she goes all out for Thanksgiving and then it takes a long time to get down the Thanksgiving stuff (laughs) and get out the, the, she's got so much Christmas. It's like a process. Like I feel like the last wreath or whatever is being put up on Christmas Eve. And then we're like a Taylor Swift song. You're like, you're going to leave the Christmas lights up till February. (laughs) You know, like it's just. It literally like that, that has, that happens many a year. Oh yeah. Because they, my mom's like, well, who, 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 who says the joy has to end? Who makes the rules? I was like, yes. Let's, who let's, makes the rules? Who makes the rules? So um, I can definitely hear her saying that too. So, <laughs> so she was like, your daddy loves this Christmas tree and we just got it up a week ago. I'm not going to take it back down in another way. I was like, all right, you do you Betsy. Cause you know what? It's your house and you are 77. Yeah. So, um, that that's what's so funny are are the things that and I'm sure my kids will do the same thing to me the things that I you know aggravated my mom about or picked on her about are the very things that I myself now do and part of that is in a like I said in a nod to her and like mm-hmm. you know um but it it does make me laugh and so I you know after she died and we went through her Christmas decorations there were a bunch of these reindeer she loved reindeer and snowmen and all the things and so I have a reindeer, I have multiple of her reindeer, but one of them is missing its left ear. I mean, like that thing is gone, like it's gone. No, no hot glue in the world was going to save that thing. No gorilla glue. I tried. 
Um, and I put it out every single year and, you know, to somebody else, I'd be like, why do you have a reindeer, you know, who is mm-hmm. missing its left ear on your mantle? Um, and it doesn't probably make a lot of sense, but for me, that is just like, well, it was, it was hers, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, her way of, of, of still having that presence with, with her and. Well, it's your uh, way of treasuring her. Yeah. 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 And sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, you, you, if you haven't read, uh, if you don't get Tar Heel Talk, um, I think it's available online now too. I think uh-huh. Ashley is, I mean, I, I Allison is putting it online, but um, Amanda has written this beautiful article called "Be a Light to the to Those Grieving This Holiday Season." And and there are so many things on here that um, that you talk about that that are so important. And you just kind of uh, went through one of the things, um, and that is to to mention the loved one's name. Mm-hmm. Um, that was. Mm-hmm that that is so important and um and I think what I was I was saying was um to you earlier it's I had an uncle who who passed and um it felt like nobody Mm. nobody could there was so much hurt surrounding his death that nobody could could talk about him and um and I knew that my my cousin, um, who celebrated Christmas Eve and and Christmas with with my family every single year, mm-hmm. um, we got out we got together outside of the larger family gathering. Um, I knew that there needed to be a space for her to be okay with with celebrating him. Yeah, and um and so I, I gave her a Christmas ornament that was a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Um, and, and I just said, I just want you to know, I miss your dad and I know you do too. And, um, you know, there were tears, but it was like, it was also a relief. I think in some ways that, that we could acknowledge, um, that things might not have been ideal, but he was a part of our lives and he was loved and he, and he loved. Yes. And, um, so, um, so that that is an important thing is is to be able to to say their name it's their their name it's not a it's not a dirty word you know that's um, right it, it can be more healing than than you think oh yeah yeah and I think people they mean well in in this and that's what I always try to remember in the grieving process with with people because people are people and 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 like you said a lot of times there there are a lot of feelings attached to the loss of a loved one and, and sort of walking through that. And, um, but it is, there's a healing element that comes in being able to speak freely about your, your, your loved one, um, and, and acknowledging their pain in that. And that's exactly what you did was acknowledge the pain that she felt while also honoring him. And I think that it's, that's what we have to realize that we do is that we can, we can hold both, right. We can hold, Mm -hmm. we can hold the pain and the, and the grief together while also holding on to the hope. And I think that's what that does for people is like, I mean, one of the most, um, I, I think, helpful things that people did for me um especially especially during that first just sort of holiday season without her was um was you know I would have 
people that she went to college with that would send me a card and would send me a funny story in that card of something that happened while they were away at school and, you know, and things like that, things like what you did, giving a, just giving a small gift, a, a, an ornament, something that is, is a, a, a memory um, of them that you can share because um, that does, it does help in the healing process. And I think a lot of times well, well-meaning people think, well, I'm not going to bring it up because that will make them sad. And yeah we're already sad, right? <laughs> like right. we're already sad. Yeah. I mean, that's already there. Um, so mentioning the, the person's name is actually the opposite. It does the opposite of what we think it will do. We think bringing it up or bringing the situation up. And, and again, you have to use your best discernment because maybe there are, you know, maybe there are situations when it's more tender. And of course, you know, to, to, um, to be mindful of that, but that that was such a beautiful thing that you did to be able to say and to have that private moment with her because um one of the things I remember too about the first first Christmas was the big the big family gathering right and to know that your person is not there and or your people are not there and looking around the room and thinking you know clearly this is not right because people my people are missing right my person is missing um, and that's very overwhelming and it's, it can be very anxiety inducing even for people. Um, so even, I think that was such a beautiful thing, even to have had that private moment with her that you shared, um, because it can be overwhelming sometimes when, um, and especially in, in a family situation, a lot of times you're grieving the same person, right? You're grieving them in different ways. Um, but you are as a family grieving their loss together and having to navigate that. And for everybody that's, that's different, you know? Yeah. And sometimes humor is the way that you can navigate that sometimes too. Um, that same family, um, my cousin's husband died. I mean, died at 45 Wow. and, um, he was my husband's best friend and, um, well, you know, we're all best friends, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, now the way that we, we acknowledge him is, is, it's like, I'll just text her every now and then and say, this reminded me of, of Wayne, you know, this, this, and we just laugh, you know, about, he had his routines and like, I, 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 we used to joke about those things. And then I found myself doing one of the same things that he had done. And I texted her immediately and we just had a good laugh about it, you know, but um, yeah, um, being able to, to bring the, those, the laughter back in uh, associated with the person is, is always fun. And there is an element to that, that I think we have to acknowledge, especially with this time of year, you know, that keeping, keeping that sense of humor, laughing about things they've said or did that helps to keep their memory alive, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and sharing in that too. Yeah. So I think it's like, when we've kind of touched on some of these, you know, acknowledging, acknowledging their pain first and foremost, and the pain that can be associated with the season, mentioning their name. Um, you know, I think, and I think you, you really talked about this, um, just a minute ago, staying connected with them, sending those texts sending you know, phone calls and saying, Hey, this happened and made me think of, of your person, right. Or this made me think of you. Um, you know, that, that's a great way to help, sort of ease that, that blow of the, of the loss around this time of year. Um, And I think as, as churches and as church members, um, I think it's okay to um, ask, you know, ask that there be a a time of acknowledgement mm -hmm. in a, in a service on, 
you and I were discussing earlier that some churches have a blue Christmas service, yeah. which is um, it's on the longest night of, of the year, which is like the winter solstice, longest, darkest night of the year, which is in the middle of the Christmas season, season uh, most of the time. And um, it's when people have it. And and it is it, it is a Christmas service that acknowledges the birth of Christ, but it also acknowledges the the loved one, the love lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that many of these services include is a, is a chance to light a candle in remembrance, you know, of, of, of a, lo- a lost loved one at Christmas. And, and I think that you don't have to have a blue Christmas service for, to, to be able to um, allow m- folks a moment to do that in a, in a regular service, um, mm-hmm. whether at the beginning or at the end, just knowing that they can go up and light a candle and, and, and to acknowledge that they're still with us. Yes. Yeah. And there's such, there's such beauty in that, you know, um, there, there is such a, a, a beauty and, and a sense of, of unity in that, I think of, you know, even if you are not the one <clears throat> that is the griever, that you are someone in support and, and who is caring, you know, for the mm-hmm. griever. And, you know, that's something that I, I had not really heard of those services um, until, until recently, because I was like, gosh, is this something that's been that's been a thing and I had not yeah I really had not heard of that before but I think that's such a beautiful sentiment to be able to have you know and and if you if you are saying maybe maybe my church should have one maybe we would like to maybe this could be something very healing for us um it is a it seems to be from the research I have done a a very Methodist tradition mm-hmm. and um there are sample services on the um um, on their on a website um that we will link in the show notes and and you can look and see what that would look like and and how that would maybe feel for for you and for your church um and maybe maybe not this year maybe next year um right. but something something to be thinking about it and and seeing if this is a is, is this the kind of he, a healing process for our family members mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great idea I think the next thing too um is that whether you are, again, the griever or, and I think this would probably fall more on the person who is a, a support to someone who's grieving. And that is um, invite, but don't expect um, in terms of holiday gatherings, things at church, um, you know, holiday gatherings and and work gatherings and church gatherings, all of that is is fun. It's enjoyable, right? It can make, it can make this Christmas season so special, Um, But for a griever, especially somebody who is is newly grieving, events and gatherings can be very overwhelming, um, which we talked a little bit about earlier. But um, I think it's wonderful to I I always lean towards always extend the invitation, right? Always extend the invitation to go do something, to um, have a visit, to be a part of a gathering, but don't have the expectation um, that they will come and or. know that they may cancel at the last minute, right? Because maybe at the time they said yes to coming, because I've been guilty of that, where at the time I was like, oh gosh, that sounds great. I would love to do that. And, you know, the day before the day of the event, it was just like, I I, I just don't have this in me to do. And so I think it's offering up that grace of the invitation is always here and always on the table. But if you do not feel, you know, up to doing this, then, then, then that is perfectly okay too. I think it's important to acknowledge um, for family dynamic purposes, um, when, when you lose a matriarch, mm. um, 
those are often the people that are gathered around and that do the gathering. Yeah. And yeah. when, when you lose a matriarch, it is a, it is a vacuum. And um, if someone doesn't step in to uh, fill that role, at least at Christmas time, um, then often you lose one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I know um, with both sides of my family, um, my mom's mother died first and her f- entire family, like her brothers and sisters, have not all gathered since her death. Mm-hmm. And that was, gosh, 15, 20 years ago. You know, like we have never had another family gathering. We've had, I've had, she's had nearby brother and sister-in-law and niece come uh-huh. over. But um, our extended family has never gotten back together after the matriarch passed. And the same way with my my dad's family, um, my grandmother died about, oh gosh, six years ago now maybe um but and and this is the grandmother's house who I live in I live in her house now Mm -hmm. and um I just felt this need um once I was in her home to gather in that space and Mm -hmm. so um for the last three years um I have hosted a a, a, what I call a snacksmas And um, I like and a snacksmas. Yeah. yeah, we call it the Sloan Snacksmas. Who doesn't like a snacksmas? <laughs> um, and I and I've invited all of my cousins uh, to that. And there are some that that have not said yes yet, and there are some that that have come every year. And sometimes there's a mix of new and old. Mm-hmm. And um, I opened it up to aunts and uncles last year too, um, because I didn't want them at first to think that you know, I was, I was trying to usurp you know be the the matriarch you know I was like it felt safer just gathering cousins at first and then I invited the aunts and uncles the following year um but I just felt like so many times think about the times um that there are some family members that you see about four times a year that you see at the holidays if you have an extended family that is large and I just thought I don't want these people to be strangers to my children Mm -hmm you know? And so, um, for those who, who grieve and and are grieving, um, you know, that is, that is a hard role to take on. Um, but at the same time, it was also a very healing thing for everybody because they were able to celebrate memories in that, in our house. Um, so, so maybe think about, are you, are you the one to take on, on the, the gathering, the gatherer role? And it may not be the first year. It may be a- after that. But, you know, there's something to be said for um, grief is a, is a thief. It steals a lot of things. It steals the person from you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, death steals the person from you. And grief can steal connections. And um, and grief can um, still connect. To, you know, it steals your connectedness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... Um, Sometimes, you know, you just, like you said, you've got to make that invitation um, and let them know that they're loved and that they're always wanted. And, um, and then, you know, as, as time heals and, and and we gather together, we also heal together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, cause, cause grief can make you think you're all alone in this, but for every person who is lost, there's, there's hundreds of connections of people who have also lost that same person. They mm-hmm. might not have been the same thing as a parent, but they were a friend or an aunt or, or an uncle or, uh, you know, a church member. Um, and so 
don't let grief steal those connections um, forever. Oh yeah. The, the loneliness um, is I think one of the most difficult parts to navigate. And I mean, and not even from a grief perspective, we know now, uh, you know, even, even we have the research and data to tell us we're, we're in a loneliness epidemic in our world. Um, and it's very much related to what, what you said and, and having that, um, the loss of connectedness. And there's something about this time of year and this season, especially, and I think maybe it's the link to tr- tradition and what we've always done and all the things that, that there's a piece of that um, chain that is broken now. And so it's trying to figure out how do you link the chain back, you know, and, and honor, honor what, mm-hmm. what was while also trying to begin again mm-hmm. and, and start new things and, and having that, um, like you said, the, the connection to people is so important. Um, you know, I think about, I think about the people who are going to be sitting in their first church services um, without their person beside of them. Um, and what a blessing and what an encouragement it is to go and offer to sit with them, mm-hmm. have your family to sit with them. Um, that is extremely hard to sit beside someone for years and years and years, um, you know, every Sunday. And, and then all of a sudden they're not there anymore. And here's the beautiful candlelight service at church and the children's Christmas play. And we're celebrating all these wonderful, good things, right? I mean, we're celebrating the whole reason for the season. Uh, and yet there is such a heartbreak and a loneliness. And so offering to just sit with them in those services, offering just to offering just to take them, go with them places. Um, or a caregiver offering to sit with a loved one so they can attend a service. Absolutely. And if your church has two services, offer, offer that, that help. Um, because so often they feel like they, they can't, they can't leave. Like they are, they have an obligation to be there at all times. Um, and, and you, you had mentioned this earlier as well. There's a lot of things that we can grieve. It doesn't have to just be the death of someone. It can be the death of a marriage. That's right. Um, It can be miscarriage. Mm -hmm. It can be, um, you know, your, your plans and expectations for your children. Uh, because because of choices that they may have made when you think about loved ones I I, I talked about this at our Redbox packing party Uh, red boxes are hygiene uh, kits uh, boxes uh, red boxes that um, WMU women from across the state donate to and uh, we put together about 2600 boxes for women's prisoners in North Carolina and that was the thing that I focused on this year to talk to the people about was that Every lady who was getting a box is somebody's baby. They're somebody's child. Mm-hmm. And um, and there is a story that goes along with their incarceration. And there's a family that goes along with their incarceration. And there's there's hopes for, for many of them that that were were doused, you know, um, because of a choice. Yeah. And um, I know uh, what you were talking about, about sitting in a service with someone there's a family at my church um, who sits who who sits and helps to care for a 90 something year old uh, man um, whose wife left him um, like I don't know four or five years ago like she just didn't feel like she could care for herself and him it just became so overwhelming 
And so they have kind of stepped into those shoes mm-hmm. and, and, and are helping and, and help get him places and help make sure he gets his medications right. And, and, mm-hmm. and helping him clean out his closets this year before Christmas to donate to charities. Yeah. And that just, um, who can you come alongside at Christmas? Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not just be grieving um, death. It might just loss in a lot of different ways. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and you and I talk about this a lot. Grief is so multi-layered and we often, I mean, we equate grief with the loss of a loved one because that is the most um, sort of obvious, if you will, uh, you know, pathway in which we go down. But I know that there are some of you listening where this year has, has not been the year that you thought it was going to be right. There are um, there's strained relationships. There's been some hardship. There's been trial. There has been something unexpected that has happened that threw you completely off. And I think there is also something to be said for, for acknowledging that during this time. And like you said, uh, even with people within our, within our churches, within uh, our friend groups, or it might be us, um, that we have to just acknowledge that there is, there is some pain with this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go mm-hmm. and that it is okay to grieve that. And it is okay to talk with God about that and uh, to work through that with him. Um, I always say, I'm, I always say I'm flushing it out with God. Right. But that, but that's what that means to, to sit there and to, to go through those emotions and to process that grief and whatever that grief is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there, there are so many things truly that we can grieve, um, the, the, the loss of something, right. Uh, or someone, but I, I was reminded, um, just as, as, as you were talking, um, and you were just talking about the presence and how present that, that family was with him. And it made me think, um, of, of Emmanuel, right. Of, of God being with us, that literally that's what Emmanuel means, right? God with us and how um, he is so with us in this season. And I think if I, you know, if for anybody that is sort of in in the newer or the fresher or more raw stages of grief, um, or I mean, maybe you're somebody, you know, like like us, you're still grieving something even from years past, I think we have to go back to the basics sometimes, and especially in this season that we don't necessarily have to pretend with God. We don't have to pretend with God, right? I mean, he, he was there when, when that moment happened, whether it was the loss of a loved one or a shattered dream or uh, the end of a relationship, whatever it was like, he he was there. He was present. Mm. He is present with us. He is Emmanuel, right? He is he is the comforter to us when we need it the most. He's he is our friend to us in the loneliest of moments. This whole season that we are celebrating is 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 a celebration and an acknowledgement and a rejoicing of him rescuing us from our sins and and the fact that he's a redeemer, right? He is our redeemer of of all of the things past and present and future. And as much as it is hard during this time of year. Um, and it is, I, I still greatly struggle during this time of year. Um, but I come back to the, to the basics and that's, that's where I have to go. Um, and that, that is that this time of year as, as hard as, as things can be, there is always hope 
right? Mm -hmm. Hope when everything around us feels like it, it, everything can be falling apart, right? But it's, it's Emmanuel. He is with us. We are, we are that part of that. We are the God with us. They experience God with us through us sometimes, you know, and, and, and being those hands and feet by just showing up sometimes. Yes. And, um, And I know one of the things that we often forget about um, is that sometimes people go through the grieving process before people die. So if you have a family member who has dementia or you have a family member in a um, in a nursing home, um, families are pre grieving that. But then they also grieve that they often feel that those family members are forgotten, Mm -hmm. uh, forgotten by their church and by their community, people who gave so much. And um I think at Christmas time, it's a, it's an especially important time to make those visits to nursing homes, um, to let those loved ones who who may be there or not with their with their loved one in the nursing home know that their loved one is not forgotten. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason that sending the cards is important because mm-hmm. it helps people know that they are still part of the family, the larger family of God, and that they are they're not forgotten, and that that like you said, there is hope. There's hope on the other side of this, that whatever happens, we're going to be here for you and your family. Yeah. And, and that hope is not passive. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive, right? This time of year, we are not just, not just celebrating his birth, but what is to come. Mm. And, and the fact that, that not only he came, but that he is coming again, And there is something about that that just always gives me just tremendous hope, not not that what has happened in the moment or or over the years has not been painful and it is extremely hard to to walk through and navigate. But for anyone that is listening that, that needs that reminder, hope is alive and all you need is the slightest little bit of hope. And, and God is so present with you. Like, I mean, I was, I was telling somebody recently, like God is just as present with you on the church pew as he is in the laundry room, as he is in your closet, when you're crying tears, when you're up late at night, when you're asking him why this happened or why you're having to go through this, like he is just as present with you in those moments as he is when you stand and praise and worship in a church service, like that is the God that we serve and love and who loves us. And that is what we are celebrating at this time of, of year. Not that we have everything figured out, not that we are not in pain, not that we will not ever have any suffering or hardship, but that he is so present with us that that hope is forever present with us. Mm-hmm. And eventually we will be with him back with our loved ones back where there, there is no pain, no suffering, no tears. And, and there is a, there's an element that I hope for, for whoever needs it today, the reminder that, 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 that is what's coming. That is what we have to look forward to. Right. Well, it's in the, it's in the hymn, right? A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Like, Somebody back in the day knew that, that that this is what the world needs and it's what the co- world continues to need yes. is, is a Messiah. And, and in semin- seminary, um, one of my professors said um, in the Old Testament, the Messiah was the one who rescues his people. Yeah. 
Mm. And so every generation was looking for its Messiah until Jesus came. Mm. And, um, and that Jesus is always the Messiah. He is always continually rescuing us. And there is always hope because he always is the one who saves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there is always hope that, that, that is it in a nutshell. And so as you go through this season and these next couple of weeks and, and even into the new year, you know, I mean, sometimes our, our problems and our hardships and our things, they don't stop when the, when the end of the year, you know, comes around. Sometimes we carry things and we carry grief and we carry hardship and heartache into the start of the new year. Know that there is hope and that hope is, is, is so ever present with you because Jesus is so ever present with you. You know, there's, um, there's, there's one thing that I would love to do first is that, um, I, I want to, I want to, as we kind of wrap this up. There's a quote that I found that I absolutely just loved and I wanted to to read it. It's by Toby uh, Toby Talbot and it said, piece by piece, I re-enter the world. It is a new phase, a new body, a new voice. Birds console me by flying, trees by growing, dogs by the warm patch that they leave on the sofa. Unknown people merely by performing their motions. It's like a slow recovery from a sickness this recovery is of one's self. And I read that earlier and just thought that is so true of how grief is. Um, when it is so fresh and raw, it is so hard to see ahead. It is so hard to, to know um, if, even if you will make it through, honestly. And that grief is not, it's not something you ever get over. It's something that you move through. And that was, this quote was just a beautiful reminder of that to me that, Slowly but surely, you re-enter the world, and the world around us continues to go, and it continues to grow. And we are we see creation all around us, and we see God moving, and we see Him working. And slowly but surely, we come to this new place, and we are a different person, and we are have a different faith. Um, uh, hopefully, what is a very much a stronger faith. Um, and so as we carry that into to this season, that was just a beautiful reminder to me um, mm-hmm. that that it is like a, it is like a long recovery from a sickness. And slowly but surely, you just discover this this new self, right? This this new um, this whole new being that you are um, mm-hmm. as as you navigate coming uh, coming through and, and moving through a, a very difficult time and season. And there is a wonderful resource. Uh, there's a lot of great resources on grief. Um, one of my favorites is Every Moment Holy, um, which you may have heard about, and it's specifically volume two. So there are a series of books um, that are uh, just different prayers and, and things, but this Every Moment Holy volume two is specifically on de- death, grief, and hope. And what I wanted to do as we just wrapped this up is, is read you this prayer. It's a, it's a liturgical prayer. And it's a prayer for missing someone. And so if this is you this season, I just want you to be able to take these words in and to know that you are are not alone in, in, in the grief and in what you're feeling. And it says this, you created our hearts for unbroken fellowship, yet the constraints of time and place and the stuttering rhythms of life in a fallen world dictate that all fellowships in these days will at times be broken or incomplete. 
we acknowledge, O oh Lord, that it is a right and a good thing to miss deeply those whom we love, but with whom we cannot be physically present. Grant us, therefore, the courage to love well, even in this time of absence. Grant us courage to shrink neither from the aches nor from the joys that love brings. For each willingly received will accomplish the good works that you have appointed them to do. Therefore, we praise you even in our sadness, knowing that the sorrows that we steward in this life will in time be redeemed. Mm. And it reminded me so much of Psalm 42 verses one through three. And it says, I find myself crying out to you day and night, but you calm my soul even as I turn to you. May I long for you as the deer longs for streams of water. May I thirst for you even as the tears flood my face. And how much of that is such a wonderful reminder to us of what is to come. One day we will be with them again. One day we will not have the suffering and the hardship. And, and that also that there is an element of joy that is still so present, even among the hardship that there is joy and that we celebrate that joy um, with, with such praise for the Lord and who he is and, and for what ultimately what he did for us, mm -hmm. um, which is how we can even still remain standing, I think, through these hard times and things, but mm -hmm. that hope is hope is always present because Jesus is so present with us. Yeah. Well, friends, I hope that this has been a helpful and encouraging conversation. And if anything that you, um, I think our, our main goal is that you just don't feel alone during this time, that there are so many uh, like we said, layers to grief and, and different ways to grieve things and that you're not alone in this in this season for doing so. Um, and that we hope that this has been an encouraging conversation for you. And, um, and that you will just keep rolling. <laughs> she will just keep rolling. Sausage roll, cinnamon roll. <laughs> oh, I'm really going to need some Mr. sausage Schubert's roll. <laughs> <laughs> If nothing else, you just keep on rolling. Like, I, think we get, I think we need to get a t-shirt, right? Keep on rolling. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, um, friends, thanks for listening in. And we'll be back uh, shortly with a new episode. And um, thanks for joining us today for Beyond the Moment. Bye, friends.